Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Goldie on Ice podcast. I am Steve Goldstein, play-by-play television announcer for the Florida Panthers. We talk everything Panthers and NHL here on the podcast. The podcast would not be possible without our sponsors, so we do want to thank them and advise you as you listen to this podcast to not only spread the word, download, subscribe to your friends, uh, but also take a few moments to listen to our sponsor's message. Ken Morris and the Morris Southeast Real Estate Group, Orion of ONA Job Site Solutions, the Sides Foundation, Dave Lister runs it, and it's the fight against pediatric cancer, and BNT Windows. They do a great job with impact windows, so get in touch with Tom and the guys at BNT Windows. Well, the start of this season is certainly uh, not gone as planned with four of the first six Panthers games canceled. Uh, first, let's talk about the ones, or postponed, I should say. They will play them. Um, let's talk about the ones they did play. And uh, that was a pretty good start. You know, a little uneven at times during the games for the Panthers. Again, uh, a comment Joel Quenville has made about, you know, being comfortable with success. And in that way, meaning whether it's game to game, not being satisfied with a win, um, carrying it into the next game, or not being satisfied with, you know, a lead and playing well and then kind of, you know, falling back. And I thought that happened a little bit um, in those first couple of games. Uh, Last game, the second game against Chicago, a great first period, as good as I've seen um, a Panthers team look really in a long time from a pace standpoint. I mean, Carter Verhage and Duclair, along with Barkov, they were dominant in that first period. And uh, the team really played uh, with good pace and looked real good. And Sergei Bobrovsky was very clean in that first period. Um, As in game one, where the second period wasn't very good, um, you know, there was a little bit of a pullback and a little bit of a drop-off. So it's one of those things, you know, this team is still working through and trying to, you know, change its, uh, its identity and be more consistent and be harder to play against. But we did see in flashes uh, during those first two games, albeit against an opponent that's struggling uh, a lot in the Chicago Blackhawks and doesn't have the goaltending it needs. Um, they've given up five goals in each of their first four games, all losses, two to Tampa, two to the Panthers. But, you know, we, we saw the flashes there. So, you know, the Panthers having this uneven schedule with playing the two after the first two games were postponed against Dallas and now basically having another mini training camp. I mean, that that's what they're in. And they played Sunday and Tuesday, and they won't play again until the following Monday um, with two games in Carolina, both postponed due to Carolina's COVID issues. And, you know, while it may seem to us that are, you know, in there with the Panthers and Panther fans, um, hey, COVID is, is wreaking havoc on the season. That really hasn't been the case throughout the league. It's just very ironic that the two teams that have had outbreaks that they've had to, you know, stop playing for a while um, happen to be two of the first three Panther opponents. Uh, that, that, that's just an odd one. There's been other, you know, situations where teams have shut down their facilities for a day and, you know, have, have missed some players, but nothing like what we've seen with the Panthers as far as the flat-out postponement. So, you know, it, it's interesting because if all things go well, um, starting Monday, they're going to play more than a game every other day. Um, I think during a normal season, I believe teams play games every something like 2.7 days, you know, somewhere around there. And this year, 
with a 56-game schedule. It was supposed to be a game every two point, maybe two days or something like that. Well, now the Panthers are going to go below that with, you know, less than a game every two days. So it's going to be jam-packed. Um, that depth is going to be more important than ever. Certainly on defense, they've got enough bodies, which, to be honest, this franchise probably has never had. Florida's never been able to go 8-9 deep without, likely, and we don't know this, but without a huge drop-off. You know, you've got your main players, of course, that are going to be in there every game. Um, but, you know, when you start going down to, and we saw Forsling in game one, who I thought played pretty well. Um, we saw Stillman in game two. Nudavara is now getting healthy. So you have to think, you know, he's going to be one of the six that plays every game, you would think. Um, but it's all going to be based on performance now. And then you've got Noah Juleson, who they picked up on waivers, a former first-round pick, apparently healthy. That was the issue with him. Really high-potential two-way defenseman Noah Juleson, and still very young from Montreal. So you start going down the list, then you have a veteran like Kevin Connaughton, who's on the two-way contract. And, you know, if he had to step in and give you 10, 12 minutes, I'm sure he could do it. So as important as it is to have that depth in a normal season, which the Panthers, you know, have struggled to do, over the franchise history on defense, um, it's going to be even more important now. And they're, you know, probably once you get to, and Joel Quenville said this originally, you know, players 18 through 29 on this roster um, are probably, while not interchangeable, you know, flat out, um, are somewhat interchangeable. That you have a lot of players that, you know, there's not a big drop-off in there. So that is certainly uh, something to keep an eye on, how they operate that defense and I think having Chris Drieger be as good as he's been as a Panther and as calm as he plays is going to be an even bigger factor now because he was going to get his games and now he's probably going to have to play uh, maybe more than they thought because the schedule is even more condensed. So pretty intriguing to me. Uh, obviously, you you watch those first couple of games. You loved what the new players brought. Uh, Verhage looks like he could be quite a find. Um, he he makes an impact on the game every shift, even if he's not scoring or creating chances. And the way he forechecks, um, the ability and the hunger to go after loose pucks, said this on the television broadcast the other night, that Carter Verhage last year in the NHL with Tampa, per 20 minutes played, was number one in the NHL at retrieving loose pucks. And that is something that doesn't get talked about a lot, may seem like an obvious thing, you know, of course, you need the puck in order to, you know, win games because if you have the puck, they don't, and you get out of your own zone and all those things. But until you really watch and see who has that ability to use their body and, you know, be able to do it, and then a big part of it is hunger. You know, who has the hunger to get it? You lose that puck, you want it back. And in those two games against Chicago, we, we knew this before, but you watched it and I mean, Patrick Kane is unbelievable. Guy has the puck the entire game. I mean, I thought he must have played 27, 28 minutes on Tuesday in the second game. I looked at the stat sheet afterwards. He played 20 minutes. It was incredible to me because he had the puck all the time. Um, and that is something the Panthers need more of. And adding Verhage is a huge factor in that. Thought Duclair had a good game. He did get a couple of points. Um, great effort on the Verhage goal. He got the breakaway. He was stopped, but then he stayed with it and was able to poke the puck underneath the goaltender and 
basically leave it there for Verhage for the tap-in. So uh, he had a very good, um, you know, first period and pretty good overall game. Uh, you go down to Hornquist, what, what can you say? Um, three goals in six feet. That's pretty much it for him. <laughs> I mean, right there in the blue paint, at the net, causing problems for the goaltenders, three goals in his first two games, um, and just brings that attitude to this team. I think that's something that's big. Uh, you know, Huberto and Barkov are getting their points. You know they're going to do that. Uh, that third line had an excellent first game, good second game. Um, you know, Los Duran, and looks like he's really got some some hockey sense to him. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, the puck is with him a lot. Uh, Owen Tippett is feeling his way, and, you know, Vitrano, I thought, has played very well. You know, only got rewarded with the overtime goal, but um, his his speed, uh, his hunger, working the walls, I, I thought he's looked good. I like that third line. Um, and then you had Lomberg come in for the first game, played his 11 minutes, uh, they made the change for Hinnestros in the second game. Again, Joel Quenville wanting to get guys games. Uh, that, that's the bottom line. That's why Stillman went in for Forsling. That's why Hinnestrosa went in for Lomberg. Um, the, the blue line, you know, I thought at times was great at getting out of its own zone. Uh, Weger and Ekblad, you know, is the number one pair. They're going to carry the big minutes. You know about the Keith Yandel story, and he's done his job, you know, picking up points. Um you know, Gudis has been a nice addition. You like the way he plays the game. So I think there's a lot to build on. And the bottom line is you got to get the four points. You know, now more than ever, 56-game season, I mean, the points are more valuable. Um, so you must win the games you're supposed to win. And if you're going to make the playoffs in this Central Division, sure, Chicago's a team you need to get the points against. So the Panthers were able to do it, at least early on here. Offense does not seem to be a problem. Everybody wondered. You know, with Dadnoff and Hoffman gone, where's the offense going to come from? Well, between Hornquist and Duclair and Verhage, um, certainly early returns are that they're going to be able to supply uh, a good amount of offense. And if not as much as the guys they replaced, hopefully, because of the way they play the game overall, from a team standpoint, they can prevent more goals. So the early returns on those uh, top six wingers are are very good, but we'll see a lot more moving forward. You know, Columbus, obviously going to be very tough games, always tough on the Panthers. Uh, They'll miss these games with Carolina. That would have been a great test, but, you know, they're going to make them up eventually, going to play everybody eventually. So uh, an intriguing start to the season. I thought the team off the ice was wonderful at preparing the BB&T Center. I know a lot of time, a lot of effort. A lot of money was spent to make the arena safe. It was great to see a few thousand fans in there, and it really made a difference from the players uh, and the coach, and they commented on that numerous times. So, you know, it was interesting for the first time in almost a year, uh, while the games were going on, things almost felt normal, at least to me personally. You know, I was working like I normally do, where I normally do. There were some fans, and it was a hockey game. So I thought that was uh, something pretty interesting from those um from those first two games. So that's a little update here. Uh, the Panthers will go through their practices for the next, you know, whatever few days before they head to Columbus. Uh, we'll update more here on the Goldie on Ice podcast. Uh, I want to thank our producer, Brett Markowitz. Please take a moment, listen to the message from our sponsors. Without them, the podcast would not be necessary. They're all doing wonderful things here in South Florida. So uh, take a moment and, and listen, please, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Time to tell you about Ken Morris and Morris Southeast Group. We appreciate Ken being a supporter of the podcast. 
right from the beginning. Now, for all you folks out there, if you own commercial real estate, if you're looking to lease or purchase, call Ken. He represents buyers, sellers, landlords, and tenants. 954-240-4400. That's 954-240-4400 for Ken Morris. He's a class guy, a straight shooter, qualified and knowledgeable. He's the type of guy you want to do business with. And he's a South Florida guy with a great reputation. Again, it's Ken Morris and his group, which does an outstanding real estate job. 954-240-4400. Time to take a moment out to tell you about something very important, the fight against pediatric cancer. And we're doing that through SIDES, the SIDES Foundation. Sydney Lister at age 15 battled Ewing sarcoma and she beat it and she's doing great today. Out of that struggle came SIDES, a foundation formed to fight pediatric cancer, to help fund children's cancer research, and help South Florida families with kids fighting the disease. Dave Lister is Sid's dad. He's in charge of SIDS and does so much for those families. So I encourage you to help out. Check out SIDS on Facebook, their Facebook page, S-I-D-E-S. Everything is on there. Or you can also call this important number, 954-594-5763. That's 954-594-5763. 5763 help us help Dave Lister and help everybody fight pediatric cancer and help out families that need it through the Sides Foundation. Orient and Associates Management Group is a prime subcontractor out of Hollywood, Florida. So all of you prime contractors out there, he provides any construction services needed. Call Orient and ONA today at 954-922-8660 online at onamanagementgroup.com. They also handle hauling if you have demolition waste, non-hazardous material. They handle your trucking needs. More than 25 years of experience, you can trust their professionalism. Again, it's 954-992-8660 for Orion and ONA Management.